Hey guys, welcome to the value script. We are gonna continue our book breakdown. Um, we are on, I don't know what chapter this is, but it's called Love is a Choice. Ten. Chapter 10. Chapter 10. Love is a Choice. What page is that? That is page 131. 131. Okay, perfect. Yep. Um, I really love this chapter because I think um, it just resonated with me a lot. Because I think when you're in a hard place in your relationship and you're wanting to make it better, this really is the only way to make it better. You have to choose to love even when it's hard. Uh, it comes back to that reel that we had. We can even plug that where you mm -hmm. said love is a choice. Love is a choice. Because sometimes mm -hmm. you don't feel like loving your spouse and you don't feel like giving them what they need. But you choose to do it because you love them. When you make that conscious choice, doesn't matter what you're going through, it's gonna make it better every time. And even if you get to the point where you realize things aren't gonna reconcile and you're not gonna be able to stay together, still choosing to love allows you to work together, to co-parent or to be friends or to not be hostile or all the typical things that come with divorce, you can get through that and be on good terms. Yeah, and I'm sure I, I probably thought about that after reading this chapter in the book because I just think it's so profound. Yeah. I don't know, it's really, really, really good. I just on that first page on page 131, I highlighted at the bottom, love doesn't erase the past, but it makes the future different. <clears throat> and I think sometimes we can get hung up on the things of the past that hurt us or that, you know, we weren't happy with our spouse about or um, whatever conflict it was in your relationship. And sometimes it's hard to let those things go but if you're going to move forward and have peace and love in your relationship you you have to choose to do that what you doing over there <laughs> are you are you not focusing what the hell oh my gosh why why would you do that what an idiot <laughs> i think this up for a reason i think this up for a reason <laughs> comments on this one what i what i know Okay. It's fine. You look good in them. I hate my glasses. Don't hate them. They like crisis. <laughs> they're hot. Oh, I bet they're so I'll hot. I'll clip it. Now I'm four eyes. I'll take it. Is this being recorded? No, <laughs> oh, we had two feedbacks. Um, we, had, we had two good comments that I wanted to speak to, make sure we spoke to while we're covering this part of this episode. Was it on the that reel? It was on the reel. It wasn't on. Yeah, the comments. Anyways. Yeah. Okay. Just bring them up in a minute. All right. So one thing I think that's important to consider is that... <clears throat> I was going to say every couple. I assume every couple. Generally, when you fall in love, you go through the in love phase, right? Everything's hot. It's passionate. It's great. You know, this person can do no wrong, right? And that doesn't last forever. Mm -hmm. Why is that? Life. Well, and it's, man, they talk about that in the beginning of this book somewhere, but um, it's, the chemical emotion, the dopamine that hits you, like like all of that, right? Mm -hmm. In the beginning of your relationship. Oxytocin. Yeah, yeah. And, and it is natural and normal for that to fade. But the way you have couples that have been married 50 years is that they choose to love each other. They choose to be intentional in their relationship. They choose to work through the problems that they have. They communicate. And, and, it's, and it is that foundation of a friendship but it's not just 
being friends. Like you can't just be roommates with your spouse and, and expect to have things go well. That's that's not the point either. One thing it talks about too is that um, did you say? Hold on, I'm sorry. Did you say be roommates with your spouse? <laughs> mm-hmm. Wow, it's kind of a like crazy sentence. Just to even think about. Yeah. Like that. You're just living together. I've heard it referred to as two ships passing in the night. Like, wow. You know? Like yeah. Sometimes when your relationship isn't so great, yeah. you think about two ships passing each other in the night. If you don't look for them, you may not even see them. Yeah. You probably are not going to hear them. Right. Mm-hmm. And, but you're going to interact with each other. Yeah. yeah. But wow. it can be a totally cold, silent, dark interaction. Well, and even if it's, even if it's not to that level, if you're not purposefully trying to enrich a relationship, then it's, it's not going to be great. It's not going to be what it could be. See, and right? Gary Chapman talks about enriching that relationship and defines it really because you might be trying to enrich a relationship, but you're missing. You're speaking the wrong language. Mm-hmm. You know, you're maybe you're speaking your own love language and you're not speaking your spouse's love language. And in that case, they're not going to feel that love tank being replenished. Mm-hmm. And he talks about in this chapter on page 134 that like when you're coming down from the in love experience, some people don't come down from it because their love languages and their needs are being met and they stay there and they kind of stay in that phase. I remember you telling me when I was like, hey, didn't you feel the disconnect? <laughs> and you didn't. You said, right, Mm-mm. that's what you had said, that you no. had not. And I had, and I think it's as simple as, well, I don't, I don't want to sound boastful, but your, your love language, your love tank was being filled, and mine wasn't. The problem was mine had a hole in it. We had to fix the hole, and yeah. I had to do that through a lot of really mental wellness, mm-hmm. you know, seeking out therapy, doing EMDR, which is profound. Amazing. It's a profound, Amazing. yeah, profound um, way to go through trauma and remember a traumatic event, but have it take the sting away, have it take the emotion out. You can even change the emotion that you feel. That's what helps my anxiety. You mentioned that. Yeah. That's, you, you even mentioned that that is how you discovered you, why you had anxiety. Yeah. I didn't know why I had it for the longest time and it was just random during the EMDR session that. I just, I started talking about a certain situation in my past and then all of a sudden I just started bawling yeah. and the therapist looked, he first hugged me and, but then after I like let the emotions out, he was like, we figured it out. But that took, that was like our fifth EMDR session that it finally came out. Yeah. Cause when you first start doing it, it's like, what is this? I was so against it. Cause I was like, what the hell right? is this? <laughs> right. Like, what You're hacking doing? my brain. It's like, yeah. how is this helping? I had anything? this like little, uh, like light board on my lap. And I was like, okay, what are we doing here? Right. Like I'm paying for this. Right. Right. Yeah. You're, you're paying for the right. brainwashing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is, yeah. It is interesting. Oh, and sometimes you even hold paddles too. If you can get a little I never more, did that. more intense. So you oh, have wow. the light bar that you watch. Really, it's EMDR therapy. This is, a, I guess, becoming a tangent. but I think it's a good one. It stimulates the rapid eye movement of REM sleep. And in REM sleep is where you store your memories and your dreams. And if you don't get a REM cycle, you probably won't remember your dreams that you had. 
But that's also wow. if you're able to recreate, you know, the rapid eye movement part while you're conscious and awake, it helps you break into the unconscious mind, the subconscious mind while you're conscious. You can go through and think of a traumatic memory or think of something um, in the past and you can even change the way you feel about it. Right, because mm-hmm. it doesn't make you forget what happened. It just changes the way you feel about it. Correct. And they've used it um, for like PTSD victims, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I think it might be beneficial to go to the comments on that reel that you cut because it's one of our um, most popular reels. And we had a couple great comments on there. Um, Do you want me to read them? Yes. Uh, it says, if you keep giving what they need and they keep disrespecting it, that turns toxic pretty quickly. You have to take a stand at some point. Yeah, what do you think of that, babe? That's true. That's that's totally true, because it um, just becomes so emotionally draining um, if how, you feel that. How do you love through that though? Like, what's the proper way to Man. maintain your self respect and dignity, right? But still act in love, not not mirroring the toxicity back, right? Because that's not going to help, right? If you have toxicity come to you, you mirror toxicity back, there's not a lot of toxicity, right? Mm-hmm. So how are you able to, you know, if you have somebody that's not reciprocating and it's becoming draining to you, I think how you, do you still move forward in love? I think you have to have a conversation and you sometimes you have to have some boundaries. Like, okay, if, if you're going to act this way, then we need to take a break or we need to have some time, you know, and revisit this topic or I don't know. And boundaries um, really are personal to you. Like and they, they're personal to you. Like I need you to not speak to me that way. Mm-hmm. You know, or I need you to not call me names or I need you to not yell at me. You know, right. um, you really can't set up boundaries for someone else. You can have boundaries for yourself about someone else right mm-hmm. um but you can't my understanding you can't necessarily set up bouncing boundaries and fence someone else off because it's like trying to cage an animal you don't right? have control over what somebody but else does. Your, your boundaries are to protect yourself and your self-love your self-respect and your dignity mm-hmm. and not to be a doormat right like so when we say love is a choice i think it's important to remember that boundaries are self-love mm-hmm. and it's important to establish and maintain those boundaries, especially in a relationship like that. If that was described where they're not reciprocating and they don't want to, and it's becoming a negative situation, it's important for you to protect your emotions with boundaries and clearly define what they are. Stick to them. Don't let them be breached. But then still the best way to project this is to project in love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As hard yeah. as that is. Now, that doesn't mean you stay stuck in a bad relationship. Right. For, you know, moving forward in love doesn't mean stay stuck because you're not respecting yourself. You're not respecting your own boundaries. Yeah. Right? And really that, gosh, that is such a hard thing to define because, uh, man, I know in our situation, like things were, things were bad for several years, right? And so, but yet, I don't know, just my own personal opinion. I think it's for me, like I had to pray about it. And I think because I was praying a lot, like, I feel like God did help me 
to, you know, to, to, to know like, okay, everything's not lost. It's not going to be like this forever. Like things are going to get better. And, and just having that faith and that trust and, and trusting my gut, like too, like, I don't know, that's so important. Trust your instincts because one thing that I always knew, I knew that you loved me and I knew that you wanted our marriage to work and be happy. Now, I think there was a short period of time where you didn't know that. And, um, and I could feel that, but at the same time, like, I don't know, somehow I, I somehow I knew that things were going to get better. And the only thing that I can really attribute that to is God blessing me to know that. That's, that's very profound. And sorry. No, I know. I know. But, but we're not, we're not there anymore. We're not. So I can tell you, like, if your relationship is in a really hard, difficult place, you can come out of it and you can heal and you can rebuild your relationship and be stronger and happy and in love and all of those things. That is true. I feel like, I feel like we're more in love now than ever. And yeah. we're actually better <clears throat> companions, partners, mm-hmm. um, spouses mm-hmm. than ever. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And sometimes, oh man, when you go through something super, super hard and traumatic in your relationship, it can it can be any it can be anything. Um, and you go through that together, and then you rebuild and you come together like that creates a bond that I feel like is really unbreakable because I know we have a lot of, a lot of years left in our marriage, but I truly feel like it doesn't matter what we go through. We're going to be able to handle it. Whatever, whatever trials and circumstances come, like I feel like, okay, we already went through the worst of the worst (laughs) and, and, and we are doing great. So I don't know. I just feel really bonded with you and our relationship and feel like like whatever comes, it doesn't matter. We can we can handle it. It's amazing, babe. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Um on page one thirty seven it talks about the power of choosing love. I think that's it. That's why you choose to love. That's why that's what's honestly saved our marriage is that we both had to come to a place where we were going to choose to love each other, choose to let go of the past, choose to let go of things that hurt us and move forward. I mean, I want to back up just a tiny bit. It's kind of funny. We may have done this subconsciously, but on page 136, right before power of choosing love, it talks about a couple that were in crisis and were being counseled by Chapman. And it reminded them that they could find true, long-lasting emotional love, but it has to be a choice. But it can be reborn if he and his wife learned to love each other the right love languages. And I think that was that second comment that I wanted to speak to on that page is it talks about, well, you know, if both spouses have to be engaged in that for that to work, right? Um, and if, what do you, so I guess my question that I wrote down at the end of this chapter was what if, that's not a two-way street. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how do you move forward and love that way? And I think we've kind of covered that somewhat. Yeah. Well, I think, um, you know, if, if you get to the point where you see that 
divorce is headed your way, you can still be kind. You may not be in love with that person or you you might still be in love with that person and have so much hurt that you, you know, it's overwhelming, but you can still choose to be kind and you can still choose to act in love. One thing that helped me kind of think through that was Miguel Ruiz's book, The Master of Love. He talks about the ancient Toltec belief um, and the religious beliefs, really, that they really only believed in two human emotions. And every other human emotion stems from those two mother emotions, if you will. And those two emotions are fear and love. And so, you know, even if you're not in love, you can act, you can act with love by doing things that fall into that love versus fear category. You know, why am I reacting this way? Am I reacting this way out of fear or, you know, anxiety and all the other negative thoughts? Or am I reacting out of love and positive thoughts? And even if things aren't necessarily reconcilable, you can still act in love, even though you're not in love with the person. Yeah. And yeah, that, for sure. That, that belief helped me see how that could be possible to do. Mm-hmm. I, I hated seeing so many of our friends' marriages end in divorce, and all of a sudden they became these bitter enemies. Right. And they were just, all of a sudden they hated each other. It's like, how can it be possible? Six months ago we were at the beach. Right. You know? And right. yeah, it was... And it was, everything was great. And all of a sudden, you guys hate each other. Yeah. It's tough because there's so much powerful emotion in those things. Right. Dr. Chapman with this couple, when they um, agreed to marriage counseling, and then after nine months, he says they left his office with a reborn marriage. He saw the couple three years later. He told them they still had a wonderful marriage and expressed what a wonderful marriage they had and thanked them for helping him at the crucial time. He told me the grief over losing the other lover had been gone for more than two years. So I think that's interesting. They were still married, but they both felt the grief of losing the other lover at some point in their marriage. And now they were able to get it back. He smiled and he said, my tank has never been so full. My wife is the happiest woman you're ever going to meet. And he says, fortunately, he was the benefactor of what I call the disequilibrium of the in love experience. This is almost never do two people fall in love on the same day. Almost never do they fall out of love on the same day. You don't have to be a social scientist to discover the truth. Just listen to country music. Brent's love happened to have fallen out of love and opportunity. I don't know what the just listen to country music means. Anyways, country music, <laughs> love ballads, the whole, <laughs> the whole, you play a country music song backwards, you get your job back, your wife back, get your dog and back, and you get out of jail. <laughs> I, guess, I guess that's what the country music reference yeah. is. So funny. Oh, I really like this. On page 138, um, it says, love is something, oh, sorry, we are, talk- we are talking about love, and love is something you do for someone else, not something you do for yourself. Most of us do many things each day that do not come naturally for us, and he talks about, like, getting out of bed in the morning, you know, most of us have to set an alarm, and we have to, like, give ourselves a little peck talk to get out of bed and get going, and that's not necessarily natural for us, but at the end of the day, we're grateful that we did because of the things that we accomplished and, and the pro- progress that we made that day, and it's the same with love. Like, you might be doing things for your spouse that don't necessarily feel natural but you're going to be grateful that you did it because you're going to see how your relationship grows and how happy your spouse is and and realize like okay i can i can be that person for them i can be the one that that helps them feel great about themselves and 
and you grow a beautiful relationship that way. But, um, but I, but I do love that. Like, it's not something that you do for yourself. It's what you're doing for somebody else. It's really good. It's powerful. Not to say that self-love isn't important. Oh, for sure. Right. For sure. But when you're doing things for your spouse, like, uh, well, and it, I don't know, I guess it goes both ways because it does feel good, right? You do have a sense of reward when you do something good and nice for your spouse that they reciprocate. Reciprocate, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Babe, I think you nailed that chapter. Thank you. And really, I want to take this opportunity to use our public forum and our ability to put things out to the universe just express how grateful I am for you. Thank you. I'm grateful for you too, babe. You really loved me through it. Um, and it was a true act of love to express that to me. And it was, it was really giving me love when you didn't have a lot left. And you chose, like, rather than, you, you pretty much were given two choices. It was to love or leave. You know, I, it wasn't an ultimatum, but that was pretty much, or I leave and however you want to define that. But I really am grateful for your love that you never gave up on me and you never gave up on us. Thank you, baby. So thank you, babe. Because you, I love that that real is blown up because really love is a choice and you chose love. And because of that, you saved us. Thank you. And you helped me be able to choose love too. So thank you. Yeah. Well, you, yeah, you did. You, because it certainly, just like that one comment, it, it doesn't work unless, you know, you, you get that from both people, from both partners, right? But uh, Love you, babe. I love you too. With that, we should wrap this up. Don't forget to clickety-click, like, share, and subscribe. If you feel like this episode was beneficial, I'm sure your friends that think like you will appreciate you sharing this with them and bringing this knowledge to them as well so we look forward to seeing you next time in an excellent episode value script